0: From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Triplicative, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk games and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson,
1: and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor III, and I make nice games.
0: And I'm Arthur Croy, and I, too, make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are Stephen's Rule of Threes and the Psychology of Animation. And so, everyone's ready. Let's start.
2: That adjective mark, like yeah,
0: you you guys were trying to give me a challenge, but uh, ten cent words—that's
1: uh, that's my area. Yeah, so. <laughs> fifteen cent—we got to go for that. Yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you see
1: what I did there at the top?
2: Oh my gosh! So I was... I was
1: Steven yes. the third, I am the third. I don't know—we've talked about that on the show probably yeah, a few have. times. I know we but have. But I am the third. My dad, junior, is junior, and my grandpa was senior. He's no longer with us, but uh-huh. yeah. Um,
0: wait, wait. So. Let me just figure. You're the third. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the second was
1: Dad. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, I think I
1: got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's simple, but like I don't know. I don't other people name their kids weird. Uh, whatever. I mean, it's just I believe you're the us. only third I know. Yeah. I Not. used to know a fourth and he was a jerk. I couldn't stand him. <laughs> I just love how you've connected those things. That is literally, yeah. I, I don't want to name my child partly because my name, partly because of that reason. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like four is just too many. We'll get into that when we get into my topic. So, right. what, did, what did your? Okay, now we're derailed now. <laughs> okay, what did your
0: dad call you time. growing up? Just called you Steven?
1: No, um, oh, I don't called you three. To,
0: Number no, three. Number
2: three. Number three. Like the Umbrella Academy?
1: No, um, that's funny. Um, no, I um, my grandpa went by Steve. And my dad doesn't go by Steve. He goes by, well, he goes by Steve at work, but he goes by Doug because our middle name is Douglas. Um, and so my I was little Doug because I was his son. Uh-huh. Uh So I guess now everybody knows that. Great. Wait, wait, wait. So,
0: <laughs> so he, <laughs> he would call you little Doug, and yeah. that's embarrassing. But yeah. he would also <laughs> would, would he just call you? No, Doug? actually,
1: yeah, my dad would call me just Doug. But somebody else. But did. he
0: was also called Doug. Right. So it is. I mean, I mean, apart from the whatever weird. Things going on there with, uh-huh. with the middle name. Uh-huh. He called you by the name he went by. Yes, which is has to be common in this situation. I suppose, but so. but it so seems so strange to me.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. We, kind of weird. We hung out with your dad briefly when we went to a movie mm-hmm. during COVID. Right. Um. Well, COVID is still a thing, but mm-hmm. like during the one of those
0: theater rentouts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like some someone someone was it Eric? Rented yeah. We went to see Dune. Yeah, we went to see mm-hmm. Dune, and um, that's right, my husband rented out a theater, and then we like got a bunch of people and yep. friends who were all of the same vaccination and masking and caution persuasions mm-hmm. to grab seats, and we all watched Dune um, in, a, in a safe place, and yes. you brought your fa- your folks. I did. Who are cool. All right, yeah. if that were to happen again, do I call him Junior? Do I call him You don't Steve? call him
1: Junior. No one calls him Junior. Okay. I've just never but, heard of that. <laughs> but could we? I don't know.
2: <laughs> it would feel weird. Would be... I'll,
0: I'll, I'll get back 10 paces before I try.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we call him Douglas?
1: No, I don't think... No one calls him Douglas either. Mr. Just, McGregor. I mean, that seems weird, but I suppose you could call him that. You could mm-hmm. call me that, too. Uh, no, 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 that's your father. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs>
2: oh, I mean, that was Stephen. your line, but... You know. yeah. <laughs> Stephen's dad. All right. Okay, well...
1: That's that. That's my name, I guess. A whole deep dive into that. That's the first topic. That was a fun use of three minutes, everybody. (laughs) We've got more meta.
0: Yeah. So a thing that's happening now that the the weather's getting a little better. And Mm. like, I don't know. People are listening not from Minnesota. Just deal with us talking about this. Yeah. We get these like faux springs. Yep. Right? Where it suddenly gets really warm for a week. And everybody like, I mean, we're... For years and decades, we're all used to how winter works, but we forget every year, yep. we toss our coats aside, yep. and then it's not, it was 80 degrees. It was. It was in the like, mid-80s. And now it's back down to just above freezing. Mm-hmm. Boo. And I, I'm i like, I'm not putting my coat back on, so I'm just cold. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
2: Oh, I put my but coat on. But the thing that's on. happening,
0: all the snow is melted, yes. and it's not going below zero anymore, even though it, you know it's raining a little bit. Um, and so now, with that annual tradition of the, the street cleaners are going and just sweeping up all the incredible amount of dirt oh my gosh, that is yeah. left behind from the mounds of snow on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. They're cleaning up the bike lanes, yeah. which is nice. Still, you know, eight-inch potholes oh my goodness, that i got to yeah. navigate around. That's oh, wow. rough. Yeah. Uh, and they get to the bike lanes last, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, there are a ton of them on the roads this year. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I was coming into the office and just saw – the um the street sweepers, there was three of them in oh, a row. Wow! And then a a lead truck in front of them, just like a pickup truck, mm-hmm. uh, with flashing lights and city uh, regalia. Yeah. And just slowly inching along the the uh, um the shoulder, the parking lane of of the road mm-hmm. that had all had you know signage to get people off of it. But of course, there were a couple of cars still left in it. Yeah. So I was like, kind of slowing down to see how is this is this this you know, this motorcade of street sweepers, because <laughs> mm-hmm. they needed to put three of these heavy-duty machines in a row just to get what they needed to get. Yeah, How would they deal with the cars that were left over? And then you, I could actually see, because they had gone through it more than once that day. Oh. As I got oh. ahead of them, I could see they had already gone around the car. Yeah, And it just shows, like, how much work it takes My goodness, to clear that stuff off. It's incredible. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. It just – I don't know. I just like thinking about logistics, and it was a, a – something I don't, don't normally see. Yeah. You yeah. live here all your life and you you know you you kind of know how it works, but you don't actually see it in front of you. Yeah.
2: I I want something like a New Orleans street band. Yeah. Like marching these things down the street. <laughs> like heralding <laughs> in <laughs> or just mark.
0: Yeah. Or just I,
2: marching in front
0: I will march in front of that because it's a valuable city service. <laughs> it is
2: and it does kind of herald in like okay, we know that there's I did see some patches of snow remaining on the street in Woodbury yesterday. Mm. Uh-huh. And some really, these were like the remnants of huge mountains of snow that had yep. accumulated. Yeah,
1: it's Woodbury though. Who cares? Yeah. I don't <laughs> My parents live in Woodbury, y'all.
0: <laughs> well, you live out with your brother in that in He's Oakdale, in Oakdale so which is basically it's, yeah, basically it's basically Woodbury. It's the it's the Saint Paul to Woodbury's Minneapolis. Ow. They're right and next to each other out there. Excuse me. <laughs> But since you went out there, uh, I've been hearing more and more griping from you about the faraway suburbs, it's so far. which is normally my thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, it's interesting how
0: here I am, just like you know, talking about how it's all terrible. I never go out there. Oh. But you're out there all the time, yeah. and you're you're giving it to them worse. It
1: sucks. I
2: hate it. Anyway, <laughs> enough about my family. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about
0: another great use of three minutes.
2: <laughs> uh, next
1: next topic. Next topic. Okay. <laughs>
2: Back to Steven. Yes. You, oh, right. I've been you
1: earned a trophy. I I yeah, if you say it like that, it sounds fine. Um uh, I've been <laughs> playing for spoken a lot. I talked about this uh one of the round tables before. I platinumed it, which means I got the platinum trophy. And listeners know how much I hate achievements. I still don't like achievements, but like I was at like ninety-three percent or something. I was like, oh, might as well just do this. Fine. You win PlayStation. <laughs> Um, so I did that. Yeah, um, and I was frustrated with some of the things I had to do. It, it, I mean, they were very minor little things. Yeah, I had to like stand still for ten seconds. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to play the game. Weird. Um, it's a, it's a couple of gag trophies. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wasn't super excited about that. And some of them actually had some like translation errors. Really. So, that, so I like huh. would do it, and then I was like, I definitely did it. Why am I not getting the trophy or whatever? And then. Um, I had to look it up, and then it was like, oh, actually, it was a translation error. You're supposed to stand still, perfectly still. You're not supposed to move your controller There's a thing you can do where you can like be invisible, and I was like being invisible around enemies. And I was like, why didn't uh, this? Who made count? that
0: game? Is it is it a French studio?
1: No, it's a uh, Japanese. It's um, Luminous something. Okay, they're like part of. I want to say they're part of Square Enix or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like a Square Enix. Why mm-hmm. did
2: Why did you jump to French studio?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Like, I thought
0: it's like it's not Ubisoft, but it's had an Ubisoft vibe, I yeah. guess. It kind of does. It does yeah. have, I mean, it is All an open right.
1: world game and you do just run around getting get stuff.
0: But then Ubisoft and Square Enix have, they've sort of converged in sort of what I would guess is one of the others. Yeah, that game, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's very fun. Um, and actually, the Platinum Trophy isn't that hard. Well, that's the question I have for about these, about AAA games. Cause like there's two avenues AAA games can go to about mm. distributing their trophies. Yeah. They can make them like a lot of the challenges, which is just time consuming. Right, and, and that, that is essentially, And I'm not maybe it's it's an insult, but like AAA games, they're not hard; they're time-consuming. Yes, right, and that's generally the vibe because then most people can experience everything if you just put enough of your you know okay. time into it, mm-hmm. which is like there's some democratization there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, achievements are tend to be like punishingly difficult, or they tend to be just an extension of the time-wasting, like do all of these things but ten times more. And I'm I mean they're not maybe as boring as that. But uh, how did Forspoken handle? It was mostly that the yeah. extension
1: of things. It's just no, I wanna, not a lot of challenges. No, and I mean, admittedly, I just wanted to keep playing the game, so I just kept playing the game, and I got the stuff anyways. Yeah. And that's when I got to like ninety three percent, and I was like, well, okay. I, I mean, that's kind of a neat way to do it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. just sort of like uh,
0: um, rather than try to convince a player to get on that achievement, you know, path, mm-hmm. start kind of like give it to them naturally and let them take it the final mile. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean. Yeah. Like it didn't give me all the achievements, so I still had to work for it, <laughs>
2: and it was annoying. You had, had to 90- work for it. <laughs> you got you ninety three percent, Stephen.
0: Uh, no. The worst though is when it's ninety eight percent, and then it would take a lot to get those last two. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. when I'm just like, yeah, that's flip, I flip worse. the no, table. Yeah. I'm like, no,
2: yeah, for real. <laughs> that was that was Metroid Dread for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's no, fair. Yeah, that, that's... That, I know exactly where it is. I know exactly where that one is. It's as
0: good as accomplished. And
2: <laughs> I, but I am not going to be able to. I just don't have i don't have the drive yeah. to just get that frame perfect mm-hmm. jump
1: that needs i need, you, you did it in your head that's all that matters
2: i um, watched it on youtube someone else did it We'll see there you go theoretically just, possible <laughs>
1: ellen you got some plants and a bike
2: yeah i had a big weekend so um my husband likes to surprise me for my birthday it makes me very feel great and i'm very lucky that he's so creative with this cuz he's done things like just weird stuff. Like, he's just, like, surprising me. He surprised mm-hmm. me when he proposed. He just showed up in Belize when I was student teaching. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know he was coming. Everyone uh, That's else one of them knew. grand romantic
0: gestures. Yeah, a grand yes. romantic gesture. Nice. Like,
2: I did say yes the first time. It would have been very awkward. <laughs> um, super awkward. We did we did have a conversation about it many months earlier, but it was more casual. And he just showed up in Belize with a ring, and it was really cool. Ah, okay. okay it's really hard to follow that up with anything. Yeah, yeah. Um. But this this year, he surprised me um with a bike.
1: Ooh, nice. So
2: he's also re- he's in, he's really into triathlon. So I think it's like a here is this bike. You said you wanted a bike, and also it's something we can do together sort of though because he's way faster than me
1: (laughs) if he's doing triathlons
0: yeah it's like you're like thanks for the bike we'll talk about that stuff later
2: yeah like "Um, thanks for the bike and i don't think i i don't i mean i can yeah he's doing all these i mean
0: if they can't get you to do that last couple percent in metroid dread (laughs) i don't know what chance your husband has
2: i mean i know how to swim i'm just very slow i can run i'm just really really slow and i can bike I'm just really slow Mm. (laughs) and here he is is like he he also got a new bike it's way cooler than my bike um which is appropriate because he spends way more time on it um anyway this is all sidetrack Eric got me a bike for my birthday and it's a really cool bike it's a trek and I don't remember the model but I'll put it in the show notes and it's really neat and I'm really excited to ride it unfortunately it's been like 35 degrees out this week
0: right (laughs) yeah
2: I haven't had a chance to ride it yet so that's really exciting um that's my update, and also I ordered some new plants. Nice for my for my birthday. Would you call that news? <laughs>
1: <laughs> as long as you're not over the uh, the number of what was it cactuses you're not allowed to have. Yeah, you're fine. Everything else is no I, limit. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: am actually over the plant limit right now, but I'm okay. going to be getting rid of some of my plants. Uh, oh them no. Away.
1: Oh no, they're coming my way. <laughs> no, I do. I do have
2: plants for you, but they're not. <laughs> if you want them, okay. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just stare right there. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> they're really easy plants.
0: That week when it was really hot, I got back on my bike, yeah. And I've been biking through most of the winter, but then it got real bad, oh, was, yeah. and so mm-hmm. I kind of lost the habit for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it's starting to get better. I guess I'll wait until it gets in the 50s or something. Yeah. Um, it got real nice and then it went back to the 30s and 40s and yeah. I was like this didn't stop me at the dead of winter but I I lost the habit yeah. very well, quickly because I was so used to a nice weather. It's your
2: frame of reference that changes. Right? It's amazing
0: how quick that happens. And
2: and that's you were talking about like how we forget how winter works every year. Well yeah. kind of yeah because it's not exactly the same every year and it's your frame of reference that changes. So like when winter starts like fall starts to descend into winter (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like 40 degrees you're like oh it's cold i gotta wear my coat and then in january you're like 40 degrees i'm out in shorts right you know like it's it's your frame of reference and i don't think i think there's probably some kind of physical i would i wouldn't be surprised if there's some physical like um processes that like like physiological processes that, that do that but totally psychological like anchoring yeah yeah so it totally makes sense that you know you You were able to truck through thirty degrees for much of the winter, but then you know it got really snowy for several days and got crazy, and mm. you fell away from it and then we had that one eighty degree day and now you're like, well thirty degrees is garbage, yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah it's
0: a, it's like a loss aversion thing Cause mm. it feels so silly when you put it on paper like that's it's a per- it's an okay day out. I've done plenty of below zero days in the winter right. and didn't wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. yeah. but a thirty degree day after that it suddenly becomes like. I, I I lose what I've just gained. It's so strange. Yeah. Well,
2: and you have the looming. You know, you know that it's coming.
0: Well, that's it too. It's like it's like I could just wait this one out because it's right. going to be in the fifties again soon. It's yeah. going to
2: get warmer. That's, like yeah. if you if we were in the opposite season and we were getting colder, you'd be like, well, it's not going to get better, so I'm just going to get out there.
0: Yeah, I do. It's easier to sort of keep on keep on my bike as it gets colder and colder. Right. And so that is true.
2: Yeah. Mm. Anyway.
0: Well, you're going to have all that fun because I think you're you're going to want to bike into the office, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, even if I don't bike all the way. I mean there's a
0: You got a bigger trek than I do.
2: I have a really I have a bigger trek if I do it all by bike. Um but it is a beautiful because tons of it is along the river boulevards. Oh that's nice. East and west. So oh, that's like, really nice. Yeah. Um so I'm definitely planning on doing some of that this spring and summer. But yeah. if I'm not feeling can it. Can you
0: hitch on a bike route halfway or something?
2: Uh maybe that or I can just um I can just jump off. I can jump on the five bridge, cross that, and just get to do the do the train ah, to the yeah. blue line. Taking your
0: bike on the train is awesome. I love doing that. Yeah, it's really well, good. And
2: I've done it before, but the bike that I had before was like a cruiser bike. It was super heavy. Yeah. And this one's like you can lift it with your pinky. Right, you were saying that it's yeah. super super light. It's super super light. So um, yeah, I'll just I'll just throw on a backpack and bike across the um, highway five bridge and hop on the blue line and then just bike across the bridge over here. Cool. That'll I hope
0: everybody who's not local got all that. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't we'll give you I'll, yeah, um there are yeah. bridges. They're cool. It's there's a river. It's beautiful here. Uh-huh. I'm right. excited to bike.
0: One one more reason why to hate the exurbs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um. his brother got a switch? That's I'm my brother to... got a switch. Ah. Okay.
0: Uh, I just wanted to mention this because it's a because we all worked on Widget Satchel, and I thought I would report this fun story, mm-hmm. which is my brother got a switch, yeah. and so I was like, okay, well, I got codes left over. I'll give him a copy of Widget Satchel. Mm-hmm. We can have it for later. Uh, it was over for my nephew's uh, third birthday. Yeah. And um, my sister's kids were also there, mm-hmm. and they have Widget Satchel. They played it. They helped play test it. Um, and um, they were like, oh, I want to play. Uh, video games in the basement so i'm like i'm the i'm the tech uncle so i was gonna go set that up for them and i watched them unprompted choose to play widget satchel (gasps) over mario kart oh (laughs) snap what and like these kids love mario kart yeah but then they saw that it was on there and they're like, "Oh, I love that game." And we, I was just like, "Oh man, proud uncle over here."
1: Oh, oh sweet. Cuz you don't
0: have illusions about these sorts of things. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't I was like, "What do I say when the rest of the family comes down and see them playing my video game?" <laughs> like I didn't I didn't ask them to do it.
2: I didn't put them up to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: Uh but yeah, they were jazzed for it. And Aww. so I was like, "Okay. Oh, that super cool." That's amazing.
2: Aw.
1: All right. To business. Yes.
2: Business, Uh, business, business.
1: I like how you call it business because it's my topic. (laughs) Um, Steven's rule of Threes. What is that, you ask? It's a good question. I answer. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Okay. So, have you noticed in a lot of of games that three comes up a lot, like in the game design and mechanics and such like that? Mm -hmm. There's the Mario Triple Jump. There's three-hit combos. Those are a lot of things. Bosses oftentimes take three hits to defeat. Um, There's the Match Three games. Rock paper scissors. Literally, there's three. Yeah. Rock paper and scissors. Um, are you curious as to why that is? It is interesting because remind like we've talked about board
0: games on the show before. And yeah. The, the and I'm not really a board game nerd, so I don't really know that culture very well. Mm-hmm. But three player board games are really rare. Yeah. And um, there's the that Star Trek 4X game we like. Is, right. It starts as a three player game. It can have more. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, oh, it's such a perfect way to balance. Three sort of roughly equally strategic players, mm-hmm. but then looking online, people are like, "This is a three-player game. What's with that?" Like that's yeah. such a weird thing. But, um, but like rock-paper-scissors, uh, like the three modes in a, in a boss battle, mm-hmm. it does. There's some sort of
1: almost human element to that that's really nice. Yes.
0: So I have I have noticed it, and I've noticed its
1: absence in other places. Yes. Oh, I- I'm so glad you brought that up. That's great, Ellen. Have you noticed this pattern?
2: Um, I. Don't think I've noticed this pattern but I do have a theory about Ooh. why it is the case. I'm just not sure if I should bring up that theory now. That yes, didn't...
1: you should. I want to hear it. <laughs> okay. Derail this topic <laughs> immediately.
2: Um All right. So there's this there's this psychological um principle that uh relates to working memory okay. and memory in general. It's called chunking. Yeah. Um it's a really I, don't know, I just don't like the word chunking. I don't like the word chunking. You've brought this up before. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's I think why I, I remember that. Yeah. It's yeah. probably true. And I probably said the same thing about mm-hmm. the word. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, I've talked about it before. Then maybe listeners remember that chunking is basically like our working memory. And I think our memory in general, but pertaining to working memory. Cause I think that's relevant to this conversation. We like to remember things in like, I think the r- rule is like seven plus or minus two. Maybe it's five plus or minus two. Anyway, like chunks of three or four. Yeah. Um, Maybe five, you can stretch it a bit. But even like you think about seven, like a phone number, what do you do? You divide it into one chunk of three and one chunk of four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you take, you know, a phone number with area code. Well, that's a chunk of three, a chunk of three, and a chunk of four. Yeah. And you start adding more numbers onto it. Well, it's, you're adding another chunk of three onto the beginning. <laughs> like, right. once code. it gets
0: bigger than that, then you can break it up.
2: Yeah. And it's like, the, you can like nest chunks in your memory. And there are these really cool, Um, Principles that I'm sure if I talked about chunking, I probably brought this stuff up. But like the memory palace technique is kind of the same thing, where like you use your your brain's capacity to like organize information in chunks to like chunk it using also like spatial hacks. Anyway, whatever. It's not what we're talking about. Point being is our working memory likes to chunk things into the groups of three. Yeah, and. I think that might be one of the reasons why this pattern happens a lot. That can it, be an aspect might, of it. It might not be directly because, you know, designers are thinking, yeah, mm, it's trunking. I must design my <laughs> game with trunking. Yeah. But, but, like, through, through playtesting, they might come to that number of yeah. moves o- yes. organically.
0: That even kind of leans into a little bit why three, maybe three-player games aren't as common because they require you thinking about two opponents. Yeah. And so that might be too small but i think a 4x game requires you to think of yourself your your position objectively with the others so that does feel like 3 again which yeah. is why it might make sense in that genre. Yeah, maybe. Um, i mean i'm just i'm grasping at straws here but i'm but that makes a lot of sense as to like having that much in your head like if you have like a 6 player game anything about those players that you need to remember about their you know in terms of trying to like out outstr- strategize an opponent mm-hmm. that becomes too much. Yeah. And so the game design can't rely on that. but yeah. games that do tend to find a nice balance at 3 or 4.
2: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I I wonder if the reason that there aren't a lot of three-player games is more socially driven. Yeah, could be. you know, a four-player game, you can get, like, two couples together. Like, more than that, or, like, more than that, you can get all kinds of people together. But a three-player game, like
1: we we did have a whole conversation about player numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, can, we can
2: link to that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think
0: that is a good framework in which to judge like why is this 3 and not 7? Yeah. Why is this 3 and not 1? Right, mm-hmm.
2: right. Um, and remember, it's like
0: doesn't always mean that's the reason, but it's a good thing to check.
2: Yes, and yeah. it has to do with wor- the 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 idea of 3 in the context of chunking has to do with working memory, right? So when you're thinking about just and this is this is kind of what made me think about um, how it related to your topic, Stephen, because you mentioned, like, boss battles, yeah. right? Well, you know, you're f- fighting a boss in Metroid Prime, and you're like, okay, it's going to do hit, hit, and then big thing, yeah. and that's that's information you have to keep in your working memory while you're also moving around and doing your character, mm-hmm. so you know you have to, okay, they're going to do this move and this move and this third move. That means you have to react this way and this way and then get yourself set up to do the cool thing afterwards, Yeah. right? So, like, um, that that's a lot for your brain to process at once. Um, and anything more than that might get to be so much that you can't keep all those balls in the air. Yeah, figuratively speaking. This, yeah, this yeah. is
1: great. Y'all are just coming to the same conclusions I did when I came up with this topic. Well, it works with Mario's triple jump too, because yes. mm-hmm. each jump
0: requires like what that jump is in that moment, and especially when it comes to like level layouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why you can't pr- keep pressing the button. Yeah. But each of those jumps has different qualities. Yes. And so, yeah, have understanding how to maneuver when. What does the second jump look like, and how does it behave? That's working knowledge you have to have. Yes, and so mm-hmm. that's why three
1: feels like the right thing to stop asking more of the player. This is great. Oh, I'm I'm going to be the three king now. I think because <laughs> I love am all of this. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have some I have some ideas myself. I wrote them down. So uh, yeah, you did. Oh, he's going to contribute to the topic. Oh, <laughs> 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 it is my rule of threes. <laughs> Well,
0: um, so far it's Ellen's rule. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. That's only cuz I s- talked a lot and I don't have anything more to say. It. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, okay, so three comes up in nature and other fields all the time. There's the rule of 3 is in comedy, right? Where like you list three things and one of them's weird and you're like, "Ha huh, ha." Huh. I don't know. Comedy. I'm I'm funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's verbatim what it says in the comedy handbook. That is what it says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, the biggest thing I think for me though, um, is three is like enough times for a player to prove that they've mastered something, prove that they can do a thing. And yeah. it's not just like coincidence. Mm-hmm. Like if you just do it once, you accidentally stumbled into it. Like if you're playing, if you're trying to do a triple jump, um, and you press the a button and you jump, you're like, wow, I did it. Like, and if you immediately got the super biggest, highest jump ever, that's just like you kind of randomly decided to press a button and yeah, do it.
2: Like um, one is an accident. Yes. Two is luck. Three yes. is a skill.
1: Yeah, well yeah, yeah. The way I the way I wrote it down is like one is one shows you can do it, two is a pattern, mm-hmm. and three is like a mastery form of that pattern. Yeah. So like it's difficult it's 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 not like ridiculously difficult to do a triple jump in a Mario game, but um it is more difficult to use it and use it appropriately. Um, due to the fact that like you have to time your jumps, you gotta distance your jumps, you gotta know how far away it is from the thing you need to get to on top of and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff involved in planning that out. Um And so when you execute it and it works really nicely, it feels good. Um, But it also displays that the player is capable of doing that, um, both for the developer and for the player themselves.
0: Right. A quadruple jump would be harder, but it wouldn't require new skills of you.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. And eventually, you know, get to a point where it's just kind of tedious if you had to keep jumping in. Like, imagine a six jump or whatever. Uh That'd be ridiculous. Um, I think it has a cool interest curve, like three um, cause it's like the first time you do something you're like, oh, I could do this, I guess. I didn't realize. And the second time you do it like, oh, I can do it. You know, it feels, it feels better. And then when you do it a third time, you're like, yeah, I can do it. You know, you feel confident. You feel established. Uh-huh. You know, you can now. Um, I think it's also interesting. Like it's, it's a way to establish a pattern when you, and you can break it on the third. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, I, I keep bringing the Mario triple jump. Cause it's the first thing I thought of when I was thinking about this topic. Um, the first two jumps, I think, have the same height. Like Mario has a different animation when he does the two different jumps, but they're semi—they're fairly similar and they have the same height. But the third jump, he does like a cool little flip and he jumps super high and he makes more, you know, he's louder about it. And he's more excited. Um, you can you can really feel that, that pattern break. Yeah. Um, and so it, it feels more satisfying to get to that point. Um, whereas, you know, the first two jumps are jumps. They're, they're nice, but you've been doing jumps the whole game. Yeah. So, like, you just doing one one or two jumps is not that exciting. But getting that third jump and getting it to be all fancy um, makes it feel better. Um, yeah. And then I think that, like, a ter- tertiary – that's the, that's how you say it yeah. – um, system has a lot more possibility space than a binary system. Hmm. So, like, uh, for instance, I guess Rock, Paper, Scissors is a good example. Like, it would be a very boring game if it was just rock, paper.
2: There's a three-player game for you.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Um, but, like, yeah, rock, paper, scissors would not be interesting at all if it was just rock, paper, right? Because you just pick paper all the time and that would be it. But, like, the right. reason why rock, paper, scissors works is because one of your choices, one of the your opponent's choice will always be, can always, you know, is possibly your weakness. And one of them can be your strength, right? Right.
0: And there's various gag versions of rock, paper, scissors that have multiple yeah. like, uh, seven or more yeah. different things you could draw. Mm-hmm. But they're they are not more interesting.
1: They're not. Yeah, exactly. If anything, they're less interesting. Because there's more options and none of them are any better than the other options. this. right, there's no additional strategy. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Also- I mean, maybe in some kind of implementation, but generally. Well, no. yeah, yeah. Like the Pokemon types work, but there's like a bunch of different. Uh, it's not just rock paper scissors in this. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, well, this is great because normally we are not
0: aligned on like how interesting spreadsheets and numbers are. Yeah. But this really is is sort of the thing I've been hammering on, which is like a more complicated setup is not necessarily more uh, has, has any more depth yes right? exactly mm-hmm. um, sometimes but in many cases no and it's mm-hmm. sometimes you need to evaluate that right like, this is interesting and this is more complicated and therefore more interesting yeah and that's not always true yes yeah. exactly yep that's, right. that's and three uh, is a good like it's kind of a good stopping
1: point for a lot of these systems mm-hmm, right mm-hmm it's great um, also the devs do it all the time so you can do it too uh, copy people is good if you do it smart (laughs) (laughs) well then here's the question for you how much
0: of this I mean we're trying to find some sort of like if not objective at least sort of um, some sort of uh, theory that that gets us here Mm -hmm. but how much of it is really just the language of games
1: you know um, that is a good question I actually came up with this idea because um, I used to play League of Legends a ton and I used to like read up on their forums and stuff Um, and a lot of their characters they have three hit passives where like if you hit somebody three times the third time something cool happens like you move faster or you deal more damage or something like that. And they kept turning they kept harping on how cool three hit passwords were and they keep adding them to other characters and they still do it to this day I'm pretty sure. God like. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um and so like they brought that up and I just kind of started thinking about um that from like in other games and things like that and you do, you just do kind of just notice a pattern with respect to that. And I think part of it is like I do think like I do th- I do think that developers just kind of came across this idea separately. Um like I don't think it's in the handbook like Miyamoto came down from on high and was like use threes. No. <laughs> he
2: was just,
1: it was just more like it was just more like I think you you know you're establishing you're you're trying to figure out how your game works and stuff and you're trying out different numbers and things like that and you just come across three and you're like oh you know what? this feels good it's not like too much it's not too little it it feels nice so I think that like the main reason why I wanted to bring up this topic is not because I wanted to establish a term so everybody can use it and put my name in it uh-huh. um, the main reason why I wanted and that to do might it might be the secondary or tertiary yeah, reason <laughs> well
2: <laughs> yeah probably the tertiary tertiary yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: probably. <laughs> um but it's it's to get listeners developers to think about how frequently players are doing a thing and why they're doing a thing. Because I think it's important to, there's like, there's a feel to it. There's a game feel thing to it. It's not just like, like it, it, it kind of changes how you uh, approach certain things when you have like threes. You know, what's really interesting about this in um, League of Legends in particular is like, they've been doing a bunch of three hit passes for forever. There's this one character that they released. That's pure four. He's obsessed with the number four. He's literally all about the number four. That's right. hilarious. Yeah, um, like so all his uh, hit passives are four hit passives ah. and things like that. And it, you know what's interesting about that character too is like because you're playing that character, he feels a little off, feels a little discordant from all the other characters mm-hmm. because like you're used to the three hit passive, so you have to like commit a little bit more in order to get that fourth hit yeah. and things like that, uh, which is really interesting. But it's only interesting in relation to.
2: Yeah, the pattern of the, three.
1: The common use of three. Right, right. If everybody had four hit patterns, then it wouldn't be as yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as interesting as a result.
2: I don't know why though. When you describe like a four hit pattern, I'm just like, oh, that's so long. Right. <laughs> I don't know why. It just like three feels so good, and I thinking about it like back into like the days when um, I did uh, sparring and I did Taekwondo a lot when I was mm-hmm. younger, and I I remember like I did a lot of organizi- organizing my own like moves to bring to a sparring match. Yeah. Um, And a lot of them would be like you know, like move, like kick or, you know, kick and then kick and then different kick or kick and kick and punch. Mm -hmm. Punching is pretty useless in Taekwondo sparring, at least at the level I was at. Mm. Um, Anyway, and like it would be like set this up, set up this other thing to make them think that the third move is going to be something else and then do something completely different. You know, so it was the same kind of, the same kind of thing and I really wonder if it's just there's something about systems design that that really just works well with that number and yeah. now I want to get a mathematician on here to talk about number 3. Yeah.
0: Well, there's um there's uh it's easy to grasp an entire system by breaking it into three parts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So whether those whether it's and that's not whether it's actually three parts, but three stages or three categories. So easy, medium, hard, high, middle, low. Yep. And and there's a sort of um you can reduce something to its simplest form and it doesn't get simpler than that without losing too much information, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So high and low or uh, hard and easy is probably reducing a description of a system too much where you lose information about it. Uh, And I don't mean that there is only two modes. I mean, like, if you think of a really complicated system, describe it as simply as possible, keep getting simpler and simpler and simpler. After three, it becomes, you stop describing it. Yeah, you're describing something else now.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and that's
0: probably true of a lot of systems that are not necessarily defined by three components.
2: Mm -hmm. I guess the thing that the thing that I'm starting to pick at, like mentally, is okay. But is that three because of the psychological limits of our RAM? Yeah. (laughs) Like, is that because of the the limits of human um, working memory?
0: Ah, see, I'm or, thinking it's different from the sort of chunking framing that you were describing earlier on. Yeah. And yeah. that it's about, like, um, information resolution. Yeah. So, like, it's something is easy, medium, hard. Something could be easy, sort of easy, middling, a little hard, and very hard. That's five things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you could yeah. describe the game as the easy, the medium, and the hard, even though you couldn't describe any two difficulties in those three things. hmm but it still is this sort of – it makes sense of how you describe the categories of
2: things. Yeah, it still covers the same, like, spectrum of variety.
1: Right, right. You're
2: just not, like, zooming into – Yeah, your... without
1: the granularity. Yeah, but – The granularity isn't necessarily isn't necessary, I guess, in that moment. Right, right but... if you were to describe a, a
0: system of, of 40 different gradients well... in, in, in in categories of the first 10, the second 10, the third 10, and the fourth 10, mm-hmm. that would feel mathematically sound. Yeah. But it wouldn't – the, the difference between the second and third – would, you'd have to know more about the system to understand the difference between those two things. Yeah. But if you were to describe a system of 40 in whatever 40 divided by 3 is, <laughs> uh, you know, 13, 13, 13, or yeah. whatever, yeah. like that would actually feel like you could actually give descriptors to those batches of 13 in a way that would make more sense. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what I'm driving at is the information resolution.
2: That makes sense. And I, I get that makes sense. But I, the thing that I'm wondering but is No, <laughs> no it <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. I'm not going to say, but no. Uh-huh. What I'm going to say is, is that pattern of information resolution still rooted in the psychological, like in the, the capabilities of the human mind, right? See, I
0: don't think so. It's, it's about, it's what's actionable, I think.
2: But the action, by whom? By a human.
0: Oh yeah, I'm speaking very broadly. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Like I'm, I'm saying like this, the way that we're talking about information resolution is still very human oriented. I'm yeah. wondering, is it, is it mathematical, Like, is there something about three when it comes to like math stuff? (laughs) Well, okay,
0: I think no. no, I I I I still am trying to push back, and I think that it's much more about actual utility. So, okay, okay, uh, break something into four four categories again. The second category, how would does that that is on the lower side, Mm -hmm. but it's also sort of in the middle. Mm -hmm. And what utility does it have if it's Either of those things, right. right? Right. And so when you when you're trying to describe something as simply as possible, is it low, medium, or high? I guess. I mean, this is a little bit of a circular argument, I guess, without specific having specific examples. Yeah. But I think once you have more than that, then you you start having redundant information that you don't necessarily need for it to be actionable.
1: Sure.
2: I feel like I need to write into the No Stupid Questions podcast because <laughs> on that podcast it's hosted by a, a psychologist. You're
0: describing my little framework here. Is, is, is... <laughs> I guess,
2: no. Like a psychologist and an economist. well, someone who writes about economic, like yeah, economics, yeah. and and um, is he actually an economist? I don't remember. Anyway. What have you done, Stephen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Started an argument. Yes. No, I'm not arguing. I
2: just like I want to know more now, and I would just want to research the number three. Well,
1: okay. I mean, I didn't do any of that. I just thought for a little while, and I was like, oh, here's a giant list of things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: okay. Let's go back to the giant list of things.
1: <laughs> well, I wanted to bring this the the idea of specifically choosing numbers, not necessarily the number three, um, in into our games. I wanted to bring up penguins, for instance, because like you pick from three augments, um, and the reason we pick three augments. I think we, I don't know if we stumbled on it or not. I don't remember. I, I think that, I'm pretty sure. No, I think there was a period of time when there were like two augments. Yeah. Two augments is too random. Yeah. Because uh, like there's, there's a huge pool and you only get to pick from two. Like it doesn't feel as significant of a choice and there's not, you, it, there's just, it's not as impactful. Also, you're not making a choice. You're,
0: you could also describe that as rejecting something. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. yeah. So it's, it's like the clarity of your information. Right. So, um, Three is a useful number in this context mm-hmm. because when you choose one, you cannot describe it really in any other way. You can say it's rejecting two, yeah, but it also doesn't really – it's it's better described as choosing one. Yes. Whereas picking one versus rejecting another, if there's only two options, yeah. could be equally, just equally well described yep. as choosing
1: one or rejecting one. Absolutely. And the reason why we didn't go with four is because there's too many and it's a little bit of a choice paralysis. Thing. Well, there's no
0: additional utility to that. There's – there's no additional utility to
1: that choice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, additionally, I think, you know, mo- the more choices you have, the more difficult it is to make all the choices because choice paralysis and all that stuff. Sure. Yes. Our, our, augments, our augments are not that complicated, but like, it, you know, it just slows the game down even further. And I think we, after a certain point, we don't want people spending too much time in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that three was a, was a great number for us. Um, I wanted to bring up Widget Satchel because I feel like we – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we weren't, like, super particular with the numbers, partly because Widget Satchel is chaotic and mischievous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so, like, the way I like to categorize – the way I was categorizing Widget Satchel's decisions is you either do something one time or you do something many times. Um, So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you hit a switch once or you jump once to get on top of a ledge. But like you might want to hit a bot many times because it's fun, or you might want to blow up a bunch of junk many times because it's fun.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, One area where, where, not that I made any particular notion of this, but mm -hmm. the um, the over the the in level three, you progress through the level, then halfway through the level, you have to go up an elevator, and then run backwards through the level up in the sort of attic of, of yeah and it's much quicker yes and so there's lots of um, um uh, conveyor belts that speed you along mm-hmm. many of those areas have kind of a one two three safe zone relax yeah get back on the treadmill one two three yeah not in any not um, deliberately sure um but watching my <laughs> my nephews play it this weekend, mm-hmm. um, I did notice a little bit of that. It's like, oh, we pace these out okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're totally right. I don't think there's a lot of threes in which Satchel at all. Oh yeah, because it is kind of like one or many.
1: And it's yeah, and it's intentional, right? Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. there was we specifically decided not to be specific.
0: Right, um, right, right.
1: Because like I don't know, that's just not how Sprocket uh, rolls, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now the amount of uh, doohickeys that are available in the game is yeah. five, and yeah.
0: that's a very specific number that we chose. Yeah. Uh, to not be four. And not three was too few. Yes. Four was too ordered. Yes. In a sense. And then five. So that I think one of the things about the number three, and it's true of any odd number, is that you, it has a center and, and an extremes. Yes. Right? Yep. And Ooh, so yeah. that so five works in that instance. Yeah. But then. Uh, There are reasons you'd want to choose three because, yeah, reduction in the information density or whatever. But five has
1: some similar qualities. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think that... I'm not sitting here advocating for three as the the perfect number that will just never be infallible. Um, Because I think that three sometimes is the wrong number for things. I want to bring up uh, Splatfests and Splatoon. Yeah. Um, For the first two games, they had Splatfests and it was just one team versus another team and you just fight each other. You pick which team you're on and you fight each other and whoever does the best... Uh, overall wins. Um, in Splatoon three, they introduced Fry Splatfest or something. Basically, you pick from three teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like it's kind of interesting because like the choice from the three teams is more is more fun. Um, but the actual act of playing in a Splatfest when there's the three is kind of weird because it's like you get rocked by one team because they're like there's not a lot of them and they're all just really good, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, and then you start, you know, you beat up the other team pretty easily because like. I don't know there there's there's a lot of them and they're not as good because like they picked it because uh, aliens are fun or something. Um, And so like as a result and plus like the game itself is not really built around the number three like there's um, tri um, color battles where like you uh, there's a team of four and two teams of two and they compete against one another to get the most paint on the field. And there's like mechanisms in place to make it more fair for the teams with teams of two. Um but it plays kind of it plays kind of odd because a lot of times when you're on teams of two it just feels you feel like you're at a disadvantage the whole game. Um and it just doesn't feel I've I've just heard a lot of complaints around how that mode works. Um so like it just doesn't it doesn't quite fit the game in hmm. the way that like just the regular Splatfest when it was yeah. just two worked mm-hmm. just fine. I have a theory on that.
0: Um so my theory on this is mm. that um similarly to how um gr- a group of three means you pick one and that's the main thing you do. Yeah. In, a, in a, a competitive environment yeah. with three players or with four or five, mm. you are trying to win. Yes. You are, you're thinking about your status, whereas with two, it is equally good to think of it as trying to beat someone else. Yeah. And with three, Aww. you're in a competitive environment, especially something like that, where the whole thing is rah, rah, let's, you know, uh, death to the enemy in kind of a cutesy way. Yeah, right? That's yeah, yeah. the Splatfests are very much that's true. about, like, let's destroy mustard. We ketchup is better. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, that's that's part of the, the thing. Mm-hmm. It's Facts. it's as much about defeating the foe as winning yourself. Yeah. In the In three, it's harder to think of it metaphorically that way. Yes, I
1: agree. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Right.
0: And, you know, th- there's ways to solve for that, mm. right? To think about it as much more about, like, the supremacy of your choice in yeah. terms of the sort of comic presentation. Yeah. But it is weird to have two enemies when the game is about beating your enemy.
1: Right. hmm Right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't quite mash. It doesn't mesh well. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Um. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I encourage listeners to think about it um in other games, too. Like, I brought up Mario Jump. Triple jump. What if it was a quadruple jump? What if it was a six time jump? I don't know what that number is. It's exa, whatever. Somebody tell me it in, in Discord or something. Um, I also I also wrote down like Tetris. There are a lot of games Tetris uses for um, for the pieces and stuff. Well, te- um, Tetra means four. Exactly. Um, there are a lot of games that you that are like Tetris, but like with five in their pieces instead of four. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Were those games more interesting, less interesting? Um, I think. Most people would argue they're less interesting. What's um, actually
0: fun is that mm-hmm. Tetris was based on a block puzzle game Yeah, that had that each component had five pieces. Oh. Hmm. And it was reduced to four
1: because that's better <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, for that game. Right, <laughs> right. Essentially. Right. Exactly. So, like, yeah, there was some thought and intentionality behind that idea. Yeah. Um, so, like, maybe a, maybe a three-piece, well, you can get a lot of variety in terms of what you could do with a three-piece one. But, like, maybe you could get something out of that, and it could be kind of interesting there's there's some possibility space in there but like just think about it i suppose be intentional about it and i do want to bring up that ironically i know this is my topic but i'm not talking about balance um cuz like I, this is more of a game feel thing i think once you get to numbers that are like 6 or 7 or something or like you know when you get to 100 you're definitely not talking about what i'm talking about yeah um then you're talking about a balance thing and i suppose you know there's some feel involved um but like between the number 100 and the number 50 mm-hmm. but um i'm really Mostly talking about like smaller numbers and how many times players are doing a thing, not how much they get out of doing a thing well the I mean we can close with this example,
0: which yeah. we did we just did the um, nice games jam with the courts mm-hmm. and we were talking about victory points right right how many victory points a certain component was worth, yeah, and because as we were designing that game we were we were we were acknowledging that balance was out of the scope of that particular episode yep, so we were thinking only of Yes. And so we were thinking, yeah, it should be worth one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we were all very just quickly in agreement yeah. that it should work like that. More yeah. than that, it's like, okay, if we have to balance things, whatever. Yeah. But we weren't thinking of it in terms of balance. Exactly. That's another, you know, where three comes up as a, as a good number in terms of how it
1: feels. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, three. A great number. That's the, that's the rule. That's the rule. <laughs> three is a great number. <laughs> Um, so I played Glom with a few friends um, a couple weekends ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we had such a blast. Yay. It's been, it had been actually been a little while since I played Glom, especially been a while since I've taught Glom. Yeah. Um, I think I did a decent enough job. <laughs> um, I hope so. But my friends really liked it, so I think I did. That's awesome. Um, it, yeah. It was just a great time. You, you... I, we did such a good job designing that game, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's back up a minute. Yes. Steven, what is Glom? Glom is a romp of rewriting regular remarks very fun we made it during the show um we made it during a game jam um and it is a clever word game you can play in like five minutes but it's addicting and we played it for like an hour or something it's great um you basically just rewrite a phrase following a certain following a rule and you're trying to reach a goal um and that's the whole game it's very simple but it's very fun um i like explained it in like a couple of minutes it didn't take me very long Then we played several rounds. My brother had I hate to say this, but my brother had like an extremely good glom. Um it was upsetting. It was I can share it. It That's how good this game
0: is, is Steven is willing to discuss that how much better (laughs) his brother is at it. Wait, wait, wait.
1: That's not what I said. He he won one time. He tried to he tried to uh uh, copy that success and he failed. Yeah. Um which was good for me. Um but yeah, his his glom was Aragon. It's, it, no context, because I didn't give you the rest of the information. But, like, there you go. That's what it does.
2: I'm so fascinated. Okay. Yeah. We're,
1: we're going
0: to have to dig deep into that later.
1: <laughs> so, all right.
0: So now, imagine I'm a person who just heard all that from you. And it's like, all right, fine. It's a great game, whatever. You had yeah. fun making it, blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> what relevance is that to me in this section of the show where we ask listeners? Oh, my gosh. You can pre-order it. Oh, day yeah. yeah. You can go to glom. Um, there's a couple of links that are already um, accepting pre-orders. You know um, what?
0: Since we spoke last about this, there's another place that oh, is, put it up for pre- pre-orders. So that's great. Okay. Three. So many options. So it's likely. Three.
1: <laughs> 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 Listeners should see the the faces these two are making. Oh my gosh. Go to nicegamesclub glom and check us out. Pre-order today.
2: L O M. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Think fast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he did think fast.
2: I'm
0: she ch- put her hand just right <laughs> up to my face. Yeah. Just-
2: <laughs> right? You reacted to the movement. Yeah. This is like a Dale kind of excellent Dale.
0: visual demonstration, Ellen. <laughs>
2: well, visual right. demonstration it's in our on podcast. podcast. I feel like I'm tra- I feel like I'm channeling a Dale in the transition here, but that's fine. Yeah, um, I feel like it got the point across. Sure it, did. I did not hit your face. Um, so I wanted to talk about your honor. <laughs> I did not technically hit his face. um uh. Okay, so yeah, I wanted to talk about the psychology of animation okay. because, um, I don't know, I feel like it's just one of those things that like, we take for granted. Yeah, sure. But yeah, you know, like, okay, yeah, animation's cool. We like it. Mm-hmm. I watch We watch Pixar movies, and we watch like the animated show that had to do with cyberpunk, and like the Animatrix, and all this stuff, And but it's... It's among other things, among other things, <laughs> among other things. I could, I'm not. This is not There's just a lot be a, of
1: animations. Yes,
2: it's not going to be a segment where I just list off all the animated things. Oh, okay, because that would be a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
2: But like, why does why why does it work? Why do we spend so much effort like creating art that moves um, in ways that like. It, exaggerate or tune down or like highlight the way that real life moves it's just like why why does it work and um i think that this line of discussion this question might lead us to some obvious conclusions Mm-hmm. Um, but i still think it's helpful to articulate the reasons why animation works specifically in games but also in other media yeah um just because it's helpful to bring things that are like baked in assumptions to the surface sometimes because yeah. sometimes it reveals new pathways to explore like number three um <laughs> and and it's also good to just like it's also good to just examine your assumptions. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. As, a, as a matter of course. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Very frequently, when you put something in a game, you're like, this is cool. Yeah. And then you don't always ask yourself why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like, is this cool thing something my game needs? Right. Or right. would benefit from? Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's a hard thing to like, oh, I put a lot of work into this thing and I forgot to ask if my game needed this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Right. Especially if it is indeed cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and animation is often cool. Right. So, the first thing I wanted to do, and um i I used a Dale transition to get in here, but it's going to be an Ellen typical Ellen structured topic. I want to ask a question okay <laughs> um, and that is what's the difference between like within within games specifically so okay. let's let's narrow the focus. What's the difference between like animation and movement or not the difference, but what are, what's the relationship in a game between animation and movement? Mm. go.
0: <laughs> well i think i mean just literally animation is comprised of movements right yeah okay. but i think it when if you want to say animation is something more than movement i think what brings it to that level and why it's it's useful as a a tool for communication mm-hmm. and so when you have something that shakes around a lot and looks amazing great but if it, it's It's shaking is communicating something. Right. And so animation can, a lot of times people talk about juice or things that are added to games to make them more interesting or more robust or or more feel more polished. But it isn't really about it looking better. It's about does it communicate more economically?
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: animation is the, like, maybe the best way to communicate more economically.
2: Yeah. I like that. Also, You said juice, and it reminded me of the corn kid. Anyway.
1: What? Oh, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
2: Yep. I am low on sleep. It shows. Uh, Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, That's kind of what, you know, when I was researching this and trying to really... Put words to the the nebulous ideas that were floating around my head. Yeah, um, that is really what came up in pretty much every article that I found, uh-huh. uh, and I will link those articles in the show notes. But um, is that it, animation is really about communication? Yeah. yeah, and I guess that makes sense because like there's movement happening all the time. Um, you know, we're we're not just sitting here like frozen robots into and talking into our microphones. We're breathing and we're moving, and I'm using my hands that you can't see, and I'm using my hands to freak Mark out and um, but like, she's not always doing that, <laughs> Exactly. I'm not always doing that because if I were, then it wouldn't be, you know, it's like that, that gesture was meaningful and Mark made a noise because it was different than what I was normally doing. And your brains naturally tune out this background movement. Um, or it, it naturally just processes what's happening. But then then just like, filters it into your processing yeah. about what's going on without your conscious awareness. Ooh,
0: there's a great example for this. is, yes. And Steven, you're going to like this. Ooh. Is fighting game idle animations. Yeah. They are quite exaggerated mm. and they are communicating that nothing is happening. Yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that an interesting paradox? Yeah. But when you see something that is still, it actually can stand out a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Right? Especially in a video game that has um, a limited economy of movement. Right. When nothing is happening at all, it feels out of the ordinary. And so you're like, what is going on with that? Oh, I see. It's in its really exaggerated, crazy, bizarre idle animation. Yeah, communicating that nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. And that is sometimes something you actually do need to communicate.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yep. that's the, yeah. It was. Yeah, I'm, now I'm thinking about it in terms of fighting games, but it's also threatening if you don't do anything and you're like trying to punch them. That's scary. Uh-huh. Anyways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that I think that that really I think that sums it up. That, I think that, that makes sense to me, Mark. Uh, I don't know. Steven, do you want to add on to anything to that or are was talking about punching? No. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> next, next. Bullet point. Um so if animation is a tool for communication yep. that uses movement as its language.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Whoa. That was a good phrase. Yeah, it was. I'm glad that we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> um I was curious, like what are the what are the purposes of you know where where does that communication really? Like, where do games really rely on that mode of communication? Yeah. Where do we see animation really um, being a useful tool in games? Um, and again, I don't think this discussion is going to lead us to any like groundbreaking ideas. Maybe it will, but like just state just for the benefit of stating it. out loud. Well,
1: I mean, vis- visual clarity, right? It's a okay. it's the it's the visual way that you make something apparent that something is happening. As we were saying, communication. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can do things with. I, oftentimes, people also use sounds in addition to animation mm-hmm. to make it apparent that something exploded or you're getting punched or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think that's a lot of the benefit of it.
2: Yeah, it's one of the many tools that are used to communicate a change in the game state. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So, one of the things I've, I've been watching for some reason, I've been watching Mario speedruns lately. Ooh. And so, just thinking, yeah, I don't know why either. <laughs> <laughs> and just thinking about like um when you get when you get hit yeah. there's a noise and yep. also a a, a, a,
2: a pause mm-hmm. and a flash yeah
0: and this is essentially in place of animation mm-hmm. but then think about when mario gets hit in mario 64 there's the oomph noise yeah. but also he falls on his butt right, right? Mm-hmm. and that's that replaces uh, earlier expressions of the sort of flashing mario or the pause that's true it, right and so animation can do things that other things can do, Mm -hmm. but it can, so it's essentially a tool in the toolbox, right? It's not something that only it can do, right? It's just, again, that brings it back to, it's like, it's part of the, part of the tools you have to communicate. And so when you're an indie developer, sometimes you got to think about like, well, I can put a lot into this animation, but then if it becomes, then now I've set a standard for what, when I communicate this piece of information it is communicated through this style of animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if I want to communicate something similar, I have to communicate with that that dialect that I've chosen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, you're like, well, oh, you can communicate it with us, and all of it can come across, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't feel of a piece.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you want to be speaking the same, pulling from the same vocabulary, I guess, yeah. but also maybe speaking at a generally consistent volume, unless there's a reason to change it
0: right and the reason to change it can be really interesting yeah, yeah. right and but again it's all about being deliberate and Stephen as you say intentional yeah with what you're doing right and that always has to tie back into things like what you're what the scope of your production mm-hmm. and sometimes like you have just enough for this well sometimes it like well maybe you should cut a lot then if you can't get all of that yeah. right mm-hmm. even though you can get halfway there and it's not half as good it's, a, it's right. actually quite a bit worse yeah Than yeah. then doing nothing nothing did replacing it with
1: something cheaper simpler Mm, that's something i have a failing on with respect to like my prototypes and stuff i just want to get to the game design yeah and like it's kind of difficult because like when you're developing it you know how it's supposed to work so like you can feel all of the impact even if there's not actually any feeling and emotion behind the thing Mm. like you can you just know intuitively that the numbers work out and stuff but when other people play it they'll play it and they'll be like oh i did a thing i guess that's neat uh-huh. You know, like they won't be able to feel it. They won't, it, and it's something I have a hard time with because I don't like doing art and animation. So I get frustrated. It is when very difficult for people who are pure
0: game designers to yes. sort of, I guess, admit that like that the visual expression is like. This is for me as someone who is a graphic designer, is a mm-hmm. visual artist. It's probably just easier for me to say, and probably also is failing to acknowledge other components or other ways of doing. It. Mm-hmm. But when I see things like with dev art, yeah. like there's a sort of like, oh, it's just dev art. It's fine. Just tell the play testers that. Yeah. And it's like, that is completely ignoring a lot about what you are not communicating yeah. with that. Yeah. Right. And that's, it's very easy to just say like, well, and it also lets you decide that animation is just something on top of everything else. Right. Rather mm-hmm. than a core component of your design. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That that tracks. Um, so we, I listed out some things the the ways that animation is used in a game and the things that it communicates. Mm -hmm. Um, We already mentioned one of them, which was it helps communicate changes in the game state. Um, Another one's pretty, like, pretty intuitive, and that's that it captures attention. Yes. Right? Like, you see this all over in just web design, because animation is not just in games. It's all over um, and often used to capture attention or to, you know... Fill in a process without necessarily taking your entire focus on the process. Yeah, we
1: we like to be aware of things moving around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we're
2: we're aware with it, aware with it, without focusing on it. And I'll get to that in in um in a moment. But yeah, well,
1: in that
0: example in particular, it's like there's the difference between a two second flash and an ongoing pulse. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they might mean the same thing, but they had different communicating something different in terms of the attention that you're trying to get from the user.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. For sure. Um. Some other things that animation can do—it helps with spatial orientation. um, Oh yeah, both in 2D and 3D, and it can—you know—obviously can convey story and narrative, even in in things that you wouldn't expect, like being—you know—like if you're taking a hit, um, and you take a big hit, like the animation that happens in response to that big hit, like conveys the bigness. (laughs) You know, like it's not just the haptics, like everything about it—the entire holistic response to what happened in the game um, kind of helps you create meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. So it, I think that's one other thing. Um, and also related to conveying the story and narrative is influencing emotions. There was this really cool thing that I, I saw um, listed in some of the articles I was reading about it's called Postural Echo. Oh. And I don't know this probably doesn't play into all animation. It wouldn't play into all animations but it's this idea that like when you are you're You're standing with the group that you are like a part of. You will like mirror body language. Mm-hmm. um, and it might be related to the idea of mirroring as well, but I thought that was really interesting because it's like the, your your brain is hardwired to like pick up on human shaped things. Yeah, um, and there's like it's you know, we'll use information processing patterns that it's developed over time or was inherently born with. To like interpret what it's seeing from like, from a human shaped object, according to human rules. Yeah, um, and I think that because humans are moving all the time, like capturing that is one of the ways that animation communicates the humanity of a thing, even though it's it it's just pixels, man, <laughs> and pixels and polygons, man. Yeah, it's just yeah. shapes. Um, but yeah, I think that's really interesting. It's just like playing with some of these. Um, Innate or uh, like pre-existing visual processes and patterns.
0: Right, and it's not always about communication specifically. It could also be about implying, mm. right? So the implication of two fighting game character idle animations that are at the same beat, yeah, they they sort of bounce up and down at the same rate, is that they might have similar, they might move at a similar speed. I agree, you and Ken. Right, or they might have <laughs> they might have other relationships yeah. Yeah. that are not directly communicated by those things but are implied. Yeah. And so then it and also that sort of what's great about the communication especially in games uh-huh. is as a game developer if we were trying to tell you exactly everything then it would just be software, right? Right. It's <laughs> 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 true. And so um, sometimes you just want to imply without actually saying. Yeah. And animation is a great way of doing that because you can you can hint at and let the player discover and it can be part of the challenge, it can be part of the gameplay. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's super interesting. So I guess the the way that I boiled this down is basically like there are kind of these three things that <laughs> – three. three! <laughs> three! <laughs> um I boiled it down to three things. Yep. And th- maybe there are more things. Probably. But now you can't say them because we uh, will break the rule of three. Right, right, right. Um, so I think it can help with attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are some cool things we'll link to in the show notes about like visual processing. There was this amazing article I found on envisionapp.com written by Mr. Mark Hazelwood. Um, and it was all about like visual attention and motion design and it went through all the like the psychology and also the physiology of like how your eyes work and then how that gets processed into information and how that information gets filtered up to different levels of attention and yeah. really, really cool stuff. Um, so I think attention is one thing. Movement is very effective at capturing attention. Yeah. There's also immersion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like emotion, um, and that's kind of what I was thinking about. I don't really, yeah. I I don't think that in this episode we have time, or really, I have the prep work to <laughs> dig into whether that's like an actual thing. Yeah. Um, I kind of, you know, I kind of want to get a mathematician on for another episode. <laughs> we can ask about the rules. We should three. get a
1: mathematician on, just in general. For they, sure. Kind of interesting.
2: That would be cool. And I want to get... a. We've we've had animators on in the past, but I want to get an animator icon again and talk about this. Yeah. Tomorrow. I
1: I wanted to bring something up because you, you bringing up immersion and the language of how we communicate in respect to that reminded me of something. I watched this video a couple years ago um, about why there are still like mud splatters on cameras when you're watching movies even though like it's all like a lot of times it's just like digital animation and stuff like that mm. um and there's interesting there's an interesting reason i gotta see if i can find that video again because it's really cool oh, yeah. but like it's it's kind of a method that movies use to communicate certain things it's hmm. it's like it's, it's like movie feel like yeah. how we talk yeah, yeah. about game feel it's like movie feel um in a way that is really cool and like we still like even though it, it feels it actually feels more immersive to see that Mud stuff because it makes the uh, makes the player makes the viewer aware of like, the camera existing and filming the things that are happening, even if that's not actually the case because it's like three D stuff. You mean it breaks immersion? Because of that. it's supposed to break immersion, but player, listeners, viewers, <laughs> dear lord, viewers still, um, they feel more immersed due to the fact that they um have this right. stuff happening. Yeah. The
0: physicality is it yeah. outweighs the sort of like hey. There's a camera there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you can feel You can feel the impact and stuff more. That's
0: an extension yeah. of, like, um, handheld cameras. Yeah. Or, like, when, uh, you know, a torpedo hits the submarine, mm-hmm. the camera also bounces around
1: yeah. with the characters. Yeah. Even though, why? Right. 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 It's a, yeah, it's a feel thing. Um, hmm. So, it's not, it, it's kind of distantly related to this, but I think it's, it, it's relevant. Very yeah. Much. I'm going to see if I can find that video. Yeah, really that'd good. be cool. I will say the, the further reading
0: in the show notes yeah. is, uh, is, is one of the all timers, I think, for the show. So, Ooh, yeah. um, if you do want, if this is sort of piques your interest, Ellen has put together a bunch of great links.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that is,
0: I love when our topics are like launch pads. Yeah. And yeah. this is a really good
2: one for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Someone find me some articles on Rule of Three. You can't be the only one who came to this conclusion. <laughs> uh, I'm just coining it, I guess, because I have a podcast and they don't.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that's our show For show notes and links on today's
0: topics, go to our website nicegames.club. Visit us on Twitter and Mastodon at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets and toots about game dev resources and job opportunities. It's one of the best reasons to follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're always retweeting job postings uh, from across the game Dev universe. Yeah, and I'll say this, a lot of people say it. If it looks like, hey, that looks like a dream job, I'm not ready for that. Apply anyway. Nonsense. Apply anyway. Apply anyway. Yes. We like hearing from you, so tweet and toot back, or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Game Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff, including ad-free episodes. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be interviewing a couple of Ellen's co-workers about wandering into game development. woo Sounds very fun. But that's it for this week. So until we start again, remember to... Play
2: thrice. And make thrice. My word. (laughs) Add another thing to the uh, list of topics to eventually get to. I want to talk about equilibrium.
1: Yeah, the
2: movie. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it'll come up as part of the conversation.
0: There's a D. Space Nine episode called Equilibrium. Is there? Is it a
2: reference to the movie? Dax episode. Oh. I love Dax. <laughs> okay. Is a topic Ellen wants to explore. Okay. Some time.
1: Whole episode about Dax. No. <laughs> no, y'all had your Star Trek episode.
2: No, I'm talking about like whatever. I'm saving it for the topic. Okay, okay fine. <laughs> move on. This okay. is all. This is all end
0: of show funnies, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Sure.
2: <laughs>